I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Lone Star House of Design, produced and distributed by the team that brings you Convo by Design, with another story about design and architecture, this time from the great state of Texas. This is the inaugural episode of Lone Star House of Design, so I think I should probably back up a little bit and explain where this came from for those who are new to the show. I'm Josh Cooperman. I host and publish Convo by Design a podcast about all things design and architecture covering Southern California and a bit beyond. I've, I've been hosting and publishing Convo by Design for seven years now. And as of this recording, with over 260 episodes of the podcast, 200 videos on YouTube, over 50 live panels and events produced, and I have hosted well over 500 interviews with some of the most amazing and talented creators in the biz today. I'm a design enthusiast with a background in broadcasting. I produced a design house here in Los Angeles in 2012, contributed editorial to some of California's most forward-thinking decor magazines, and I produce panel conversations for design-focused events in California as well. All this being said, I produce Convo by Design and now Lone Star House of Design because I love design and architecture. It's that simple. The creators you will hear from on Lone Star House of Design are taking Texas design to new heights through brave choices, incredible creativity, and brilliant business minds. You are going to hear about how they craft their creations as well as their design firms. This is how design is changing the landscape across the great state of Texas. This is Lone Star House of Design. The first episode features an amazing designer and a really good friend. Tracy Martin-Taylor is the principal designer behind 1111 Design. Tracy is also a former boss of mine when I lived in Dallas. Tracy is a creative mind like none I have met before. Her creativity is immense, her passion even greater, and her skill as a business owner is why Tracy is so successful in this, her second career. Tracy and I discuss our past, which led to her design firm, the the tough choices she made to get where she is and how the state of design is growing across both the Metroplex and the, the state uh, in general. This is Tracy Martin-Taylor. I'm totally kidding. Son of a preacher. Okay, good. I, I'm totally kidding. This is a special episode for me because... I have someone that I have a great deal of respect for because no, it's not, it's not just because of this, but you gave me a job and, uh, (laughs) uh, meet Tracy Martin Taylor. Tracy is the founder, CEO, head designer, big cheese, top banana of 1111 design. Did you like that? That's great. Yeah. 1111 (laughs) design in Dallas, Texas. I thought it was interesting with Tracy because I worked for Tracy another lifetime ago in advertising uh, and broadcasting. And Tracy was a high-level executive for uh, Clear Channel Communications in Dallas. And Tracy, at some point in time, and we're going we're gonna to find out together sort of the, the process, but Tracy left the business uh, to become an interior designer. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. I'm thrilled by it because I follow you uh, in social media, and I've seen your work, and I think it's fantastic. Uh, welcome. How... What was the what was the moment when you knew you wanted to make a change? Um, well, I had I had kind of had a career in marketing, and then when you and I met in um, broadcasting and radio sales and and marketing, and throughout that time, I I definitely had a passion for interior design and and 
had, I don't know, been very drawn to it. Um, and throughout like my other career going on, people would ask me to do a little project here or there. So I kind of always had that going on. And in about, I think it was in 2001 is when I formed my company. Um, and it was just mainly, you know, I'm going to put this together so that if I get bigger projects, it can, you know, there's a business for it. And I didn't put a ton of thought into it, but I had that going on on the side and did kind of just did a project here, here and there. And as I was, uh, when I was working for clear channel and they, you know, started doing some changing things around and, and doing some layoffs at a certain level, I, I knew that was coming and, and I was kind of ready. I was ready to not do that anymore and try something else. And so when that did happen, I, I mean, I can tell, I honestly, I can tell you the moment that I had the realization that I wanted to do this was I was, I had left clear channel and I was getting, you know, talking to people about consulting and some other positions. And I was literally sitting on my sofa on a Saturday afternoon, waiting for someone to come by because we were going to get together. And I thought, you know, I always thought I would, when I retire, I would be an interior designer. Like I would just do this for real and take my company and really push it. And then I thought, and I think I even said it out loud, like to myself, um, I think, or maybe I should just do that now. Maybe that's what this is. You know, I, I kept thinking it would be later and I thought, Oh, maybe this is it. I think I'm going to do this. And I thought about it. And over the next week, literally, I, I ran into different people and I ran into a friend who was building a new house and she said, what are you going to do? And I said, you know, I'm thinking about really doing this interior design thing full time instead of just, Jillian. of course, she knew I did that. She said, I want you to do my house. And I said, OK. <laughs> and so long story short, there were four different people in a matter of seven days that I crossed paths with that said, hey, I want you to do my nursery. I'm having a baby or this or that. And by the end of those seven days, I was sitting there going, I've got four projects. And I thought, okay, I guess this is meant to be. I threw it out there and it came right back and this is what I'm going to do. And so I, I really, um, I built a little bit of a team and um, just started taking on projects. During the next couple of years, I also went into publishing and joined the Dallas Morning News team and was there for two years working on different publications. And it was really, it was great because it was very much in line with what 1111 was. And my target was, you know, I had luxury brands on the publishing side and that's a lot of, you know, who your client base will be in interior design a lot of the time. So it was kind of a good parallel. And I just slowly kind of grew the company while I was there and knowing I would, I would check out of there in about two years. I did that. And then it was just full speed ahead and I've been doing it. I've been doing it ever since, but it's, it's very much been a, it's just put before me, you know, it's just like, I just throw it out there and okay, here it is. I guess this is what I'm doing. And you know, I've, I've followed that passion. Did you, did you find yourself kind of hoping that it would happen sooner rather than later so that you could go do this? Cause it seemed like you had been thinking about it for quite some time. Definitely. And it, and I will say when I left Clear Channel and I started, you know, really focusing on 1111 and growing it, I did that for about, I want to say four or five months. 
before then I got a call from Dallas Morning News about this general manager position. And I thought, wait a minute. No, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I'm doing this. And it was one of those things where, I mean, this sort of made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And I kind of saw it as, you know, this is a growth opportunity. And largely what I did there was I was able to create product products and, and content, which is sort of what I see as the parallel of everything that I've done in my career, be it when I was in marketing and, and music marketing and then being at the stations and, and then in publishing and then interior design. It's all about, I, I get really geeked and excited about my audience target. And, and I even asked you that yeah. about this interview. I said, who's my target? Yeah. You know, because I, I want to know, you know, who am I talking to? And when I was in doing marketing, you know, you're, whether it was, you know, just whatever, whatever particular promotion or, or thing that was going on that you're trying to promote, I'm always thinking about who do I want to reach? Who is this going to be important to? And it took me, it took me a while once I was really entrenched in 1111 design to realize, Oh, that's the parallel. I mean, that's what, what, you know, as, as diverse and as different as my career has been in its little, you know, decades, <laughs> it's like, um, that's, that's the thing that runs through it is I, I adore, you know, being able to, um, speak to a specific target and reach them and have them understand what, what we're trying to say. And to me, that's what I do in interior design. It's just, in interior with interiors, you're you're creating a space that represents the homeowner's personality, their lifestyle, or it's if it's a commercial property and like a restaurant or something, then it's about it's about communicating the brand and the the personality of the brand to who's going to see the space. So it's kind of very similar in in a weird way. Well, it's interesting too. I'm curious, you know. The highest level designers and architects that that I've spoken to all have this this same sort of linear tangent. It's really interesting to me how most people in the space sort of never really thought of themselves in interior design. 90% had other interests and other passions. All of them, interestingly enough, on the creative side, but... They, they found this calling, they found this passion towards design and architecture, and then it was full speed ahead with everything that they had, every fiber of their being. And what they also had was this, this secondary talent, this secondary skill that they were capable of bringing with them to help either initially launch their career because of the context that they had and, right. and or um, develop the trajectory of their career because they took something else with them. And with you, it's really interesting to me because of your background in, in marketing, advertising, brand development, music marketing, and publishing. I'm curious, how did that, how did that translate into furthering the business? Um, you know, one thing that I tell a lot of clients when I'm first meeting, when I'm meeting with a client the first time and they ask, you know, how do you work? What makes you different than another designer? Um, and, and I think this answers the question, but, but what I always say to them, and I, and I have to preface by saying, I didn't realize this difference until I did 
um, some some events and promotions where I was working with other designers where we're doing each doing a vignette or a room and you, and it's the only, it's the only time you ever really see another designer at work because we don't, you know, we're not looking, we're not hanging out in each other's spaces, right, <laughs> you know? So right. it's really the only time that you kind of talk in that and, and you see kind of how people work. And, and I, my answer, you know, what makes me and my team really different is that, I don't come in with a vision. I don't, you know, there are a lot of designers that frankly I respect and adore their work and they have a look and they have a style. And if you want that style, you, you know, people are drawn to the, you know, like I want something that looks like this person's, you know, aesthetic. And so I want to work with them. For me, what, what drives me is, you know, talking to a person and I say, what's different about me is that I don't have an agenda. I'm going to come here and I want to get to know you. I want to get to know your, your space. I want to get to know your family. If it's, if it's their home, I want to know how you guys live, where you eat, where do you, do you watch TV? Like, what do you do? Where do you go on vacation? All these things that really to me, because to me, that stuff is, is very important. And I tell clients, I say, I'm going to ask you questions that you're going to think, what does this have to do with the sofa? <laughs> you know, and it's important to me because I feel like I get inside their head a little bit. And I always say, I want to understand you enough to where when I'm, when I'm designing your space, I've got you in my head and I'm essentially, I like to think of it like I'm designing the space the way you would, if you knew what I knew and you had the access to, you know, the resources that I have. This is what you would come up with. So that that is what I think is is a little bit different about my process. Not to say that there aren't a lot of designers that work that way, um, but and and it's funny because when I've been asked to do spaces like for an event, doing a vignette, or like I was saying, doing a room in a house or something for a show house or something like that, it's I I always have kind of a moment of panic. <laughs> Because the <laughs> yeah. very first time that I did it, I was, you know, I was working with my team and we were kind of coming up with what the vision was. And I was like, I have no idea. I have no idea what to do. And it was really funny because, um, which I guess is probably a revealing thing to say, but it's like, I finally realized it's because I don't have a client. I don't have a person in my head that's going to live in the space. Mm. And when I, And so I created that. And once I created that, then it was, I was like, I'm, I got it. I got it. I, this is the person that lives here and this is what they do and I can do this. And so, you know, that's, again, I, you know, I was saying it, it took me a while to kind of figure out that parallel, but that's what, what I've done in every part of my career. And it's really what I dig. I mean, I, I, I love that. I love, and I also, I love having a team and getting to a goal and, you know, there's nothing better than making that client happy. And there's nothing better to me than, you know, somebody living in their space and calling you, you know, two weeks later and going, we just, we love this. Like this has changed our life. We love it. You know, we, you know, that's, that's the best thing that you can, that's, that's what makes it all worth it. Absolutely. That doesn't happen in major market advertising, does it? Uh, <laughs> no, not so much. I yeah. mean, you do have, you know, we stumble upon people that are grateful occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, but you know, it, it's interesting that you bring that up. It's, it's when you're, you know, you're usually dealing with companies and they've got so many agendas. You're not dealing with one guy and his vision. 
So, you know, that's another thing that's cool about this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting too the market that you're in, because we were talking a little bit about this before. There is in the design and architecture communities at the, at the highest levels, there is just this, this vision that, you know, there's LA and then there's New York in America. Right. right? And then perhaps you can, you can take it to a more coastal approach. So you'll have, you know, you'll have LA and San Francisco for sure. And then, you know, if you like houseboats, then you've got Seattle. And then on the other side, you've got Miami and possibly Washington DC with the political crowd and then New York. And, And that's really the extent of the design community in, in the States. But Dallas is, is a, is a Texas in particular, Texas in general, Dallas in particular is a, is a huge design market. Absolutely. And so when you got into the business and, and comparing that to where you are now, what is the state of the, of the, of the state with regard to, to the design community? And, you know, for out here, we were laughing too. It's, you know, the celebrity clients that you have, you know, I know the Kardashians don't have a home in, in Dallas, but if they did, you would be their designer. Right. (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, that's hilarious. Um, what is the question? I'm kidding. Um, so for, well, let me, let me say this about Texas and, and this is, this is interesting. I mentioned this earlier when we were talking, when I was in, in publishing and, you know, one of, one of my, um, products was a, a very high end luxury, you know, fashion, um, style magazine and very high income target and, so I would, you know, we, we would go to New York and we would meet with all of the fashion houses cause they were wanted to be a part of our magazine. And, and it was interesting trying to explain to someone I'm, I'm born and raised in Texas. So I, I get it quote unquote. Um, but it, it's interesting to try to explain, you know, what Dallas is and what Texas is to, to, you know, to business and brands and the real estate market, which, you know, the real estate market's a great example. We haven't felt, you know, the, the dive that a lot of the rest of the country has. Um, but, you know, explaining that Dallas is the number two market in the country for shopping per capita. I mean, we shop more than anybody. Number one's New York and people don't realize that, that that's, that's what we're about. You know, we're, uh, and there's a lot of, keeping up with the Joneses here, literally Jerry Jones and figuratively <laughs> Jones. <laughs> right. And, and I, and I don't mean to paint it in a materialistic way cause it's not so much about that, but it's, you know, there's pride in your home and there's pride in, you know, how you present yourself. It's very Southern. And, and so it's, you know, there's, there's, this is, this is Texas. This is oil country. This is, you know, there's, there's a lot going on here. And I, when I did get into design professionally is when I was pleasantly surprised to see that we, you know, our design center and our, our design district is, is chock full of just about anything you would ever want or need. Um, and so, and people, I don't know, it's sort of like a secret or something. It's, it's kind of interesting, but you're, you're right. It is very on a, on a national level, you know, it, it looks like it's two coasts. You know, it's it's LA and New York, and nobody kind of talks about in between. And, but there's a lot in between, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and the, the, the version of celebrity that, that you have in the South is, is, right. is in the oil and gas industry. Right. There's oil and gas. There's athletes. 
Um, we do have a lot of a lot of celebrities that that have land in Texas, like just ones that would you know surprise you. They're easy enough to dig up to find out, but but where you know that's that's pretty common um, because this is where you can you know we're, we're huge. <laughs> you can buy a ranch here and be in your own space and not be bothered and have a beautiful piece of property. And that's you know I think people would be surprised to know how many celebrities that maybe don't call this their home base, that they, they have a place here. Um, you mentioned not having a particular style uh, of your own um, and being more apt to finding out what the style is of the clientele that you're, that you're talking to at the time. At the same time, do you find that the, the marketplace, the, the design taste, the aesthetic in, in Texas is more in Dallas in particular is more Southern. And do you have to adhere to that style? Does it, does it, does it tend to take you back in that direction? You you know, not really. Um, what I've been, I've been surprised that, you know, over the last probably five years, when you start working with a client that their home is, is kind of Southern or traditional. Um, well, when, when you say, when you say Southern, I'm thinking, I'm thinking more traditional Southern, I guess. Um, we definitely have a lot of cowhides and a lot of <laughs> antlers on the walls, but um, I'm just kidding. No, you're um, not. No, you're no, not. I'm not at all. I know. Um, <laughs> but um, no, but but what I've been really surprised that you'll meet with a client that's in a traditional home and they're ready to update it or or whatever, and they end up going a lot more modern than you would expect. Um, and more clean lines and, and less, you know, less ruffles and, and floral prints and that kind of thing. And so, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think, I think kind of to what I was saying earlier, it's a sophisticated market. You know, the Dallas market is, is, um, they have a, they have a sophisticated eye and having all of the, the retail and, you know, brands here um that you you know you get in new york or la I, I think they have that sensibility so it's not i i don't know what it i don't know exactly what you mean by southern but um but i don't you know well, i don't know if that I, answers I your think, question no it does but i think you know when it comes to a southern style yeah because there is and this is just a fact there is more space there is right. more, there is more room from within which to to design and create. You have the ability to to go out and and use bigger pieces. You've got that is true. You've got a bigger canvas from within which to design, um, and that that changes it changes a lot. You know when when you're when you're in a city of Dallas which has an average size home in the 3200 square foot area plus and then you compare that to a to a city of Los Angeles which you know now the average home and and I know we're not talking averages but the average right. the average is much much smaller and then you go to New York where you're looking at something even even smaller on average or or what a lot of people have chosen to, to choose as a lifestyle, you know, there's this tiny home movement that's, that started on the luxury side because people realize that they, it's, it's almost not doing more with less, but it's doing the equal amount, uh, from a luxury standpoint with, right. with, with what you have. But in, but when you have space and you don't have those kinds of restrictions, you can design on a, 
on a bigger scale. So you can use those bigger pieces and you know, the cow hides and the horns and the big tin stars. (laughs) It's, it's all funny. I get it. Um, but at the same time, the, the, modern aesthetic and and contemporary design is really is really taking over because what a lot of people have learned is they can they can live in a totally different manner um and if they wind up saving money on the cost of living well from a luxury standpoint that wasn't that wasn't a a thought before but it's a benefit anyway you know now they can now they can charge their tesla and their prius in the in the yeah there you go yeah that's exactly and i do have a client that has both of those (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's, that's hilarious, but you're absolutely right because the spaces, you know, a lot of the construction, um, and remodel clients that we have currently in the last probably three years have been, you know, taking a one story home and making it into a two story, you know, it starts out maybe 2,200 square feet and ends up closer to 5,000. Yeah. And that is just, that's like a constant. I mean, that is. That is really because we're because you're right. We have we do have the space and and we do have, you know, kids playroom and the movie theater and the office and, the you know, all these kind of rooms that really have to in smaller, you know, in a small, smaller square footage, you've got to they've got to have dual or triple use, you know, so we get to have a little bit more fun. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true, and it, it's interesting as well. You know, one of the major trends that you've seen in markets with with homes and offices on smaller footprints is that certain things, not necessarily because they have to, but for instance, the, the concept of the formal living room is, right. is virtually, you know, I don't want to call Gone. it, I don't want to call yeah. it non-existent, but, but yeah. you don't see it a lot. Um, and, and there are things that you like a home office, which you never saw before, but now that's a formal space within, within the home. Because, Absolutely. you know, in a, in a market like Los Angeles, if you can, if you can cut out one work day a week and, and work from a home office on a Friday and or a Monday, your quality of right. life, your quality of life goes up instantaneously. Absolutely. You know, and that is so completely common that, you know, there's of, of our clients that, you know, where it's a couple, um, I would say, and this is. I would say probably 60, 70% of them, one of them works out of the home. Really? If they both work. I mean, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, so that is just, I mean, the bottom line is it's all virtual. I mean, you, you don't have to be, you don't have to be in an office anymore. And so that's really reflected in the homes because we're thinking about, you know, if they've got kids, it's like, okay, we have to have the separate office space that the door can shut. And mom or dad can work and, but the kids need, you know, so it's like, it, it's, it's interesting and it's changed. It, it has changed so much in probably the last three years, I would say. Um, backing up a second question for you about yeah. your, your background in marketing and um, publications. Did that, did that experience help you get coverage for projects and get published earlier you know what's ironic is no. Really? <laughs> say, well, here's what's funny, and and I kind of, I, it, it's really funny. It was it was uh, very revealing to me when I really was concentrating on this full time. Um, I I was shocked at myself because, for example, when I was at Dallas Morning News, a lot of what 
you know, we, we created apps, iPad apps and did a lot of social media and we're doing these, you know, packages for clients to help them with that. And so I'm, you know, I was the person sitting on the other side of the desk saying, here's how you need to get your name out and here's the best way to reach your target and all this kind of stuff. So one would think that that would translate. And what I found was I really struggled with it initially because I realized that's a different hat. And I would, I would kind of sit here and, and say, good, I mean, good Lord, I haven't posted on Instagram in three weeks. Like it's not occurring to me to do that. You know, it's not occurring to me to, you know, make sure that, you know, our projects are out there and, and, and because I'm, I'm knee deep in the work, you know, so it, it was really ironic and, and sort of eye opening that, you know, when I have my design hat on, um, I'm not, I'm forgetting to do some of those very, very important things. And I realized I've, I mean, I've always been a person that is perfectly fine to say, Hey, this is my weakness. So I'm going to pull in somebody that that's great at this and feel free to give them all the credit for it too. Um, and, and at that point I did, I mean, I probably, I want to say in the first year, really concentrating on this, I hired an agency to do exactly what I used to do. And it was insanity. I mean, every, every month I would write the check and be like, I cannot believe that I'm, I mean, I know how to do all of this, you know, but at the end of the day, if I was going to really put that creative, you know, energy into, you know, working with clients and, and giving them the space that they need and they want, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do both things. So it's probably evened out a little bit now um, where I'm, you know, you, you do a lot when you're sort of launching and trying to get the name out there. And, and now I'm, now we're better as a team. My whole team is, is good about keeping us, keeping us out in front of people. But um, I, I would say probably you said the connections help. I, I, I did, you know, there are times when people will tap me to, you know, write a blog or, or interview me to do a piece or something like that, that, that kind of came from that connection from before. So sure that helps a little bit, but, but what is interesting about kind of the career shift, you know, was it kind of shocked me. <laughs> and, I, and I really had to struggle to not just beat myself up about it. Just, you know, just say, hey, there's only so many hours in the day. And, and you know, the good thing is I knew how to make sure that, that, you know, if someone was handling our marketing that they're doing it the way they should because I know about it. But I just can't, I can't execute that and give you a great living room at the same time, you know. Uh, along those lines, so – how do you manage? Um, because what, you know, what, I'm not, I'm not a designer. I, I'm an enthusiast for sure. Um, I love talking about it. I love talking about stories. I love talking to people like you. Um, and a couple of the things that I've noticed from a designer standpoint, which is really interesting because you have so many, you talk about hats, right? So you have all these different hats to where you have to be the creative who's doing the work for the, for the clients that you have. You've got to be the salesperson who's out trying to find the new business that's going to come after this project is done. Right. At the same time, you have to stay in step with current tastes and you have to stay in step with future taste developments. Right. Um, you have to be able to source new products. You have to be able to, you know, 
see what products are working, what products aren't working. How, how do you manage the process? I have no idea. All right. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, it's like, it's funny when you say it like that, it sounds awful. Um, <laughs> it's like, how am I getting through? No, this? but it's time consuming no, I'm, for sure. I'm kidding. Yeah. No, it is, uh, as my comp, I will say, I mean, as my company has grown at each level that it has grown, meaning, you know, whatever point that I've said, okay, we've got to hire this kind of person or we need that kind of person, or we're going to, you know, get this guy on board or whatever. Um, it's come at a point of, I'm about to drop everything, you know, things are going to start falling. And so I've got to get someone that handles this or that. And it's, that's kind of how my company's grown. And I would say, I think, you know, I don't know how anyone could do this if they didn't love, you know, environments and like paying attention and aren't the kind of person that's affected by that. Because a lot of what you said about keeping up with trends and that kind of stuff, I will say, I, I never focus on that. Um, I, I don't, I don't necessarily try to see, Hey, what's coming next. What's going to be the Pantone color of the year or whatever. (laughs) I almost said that by the way, but I will say, I will say, and I, and I don't mean this in a, I'm, you know, a genius way because I'm not, but I will say that I think anyone that is really passionate about it and connected and driven by that ends up being on the cutting edge. And it's, it's quite by accident. And there's been many times that, you know, my, my design assistant is my right arm and we are like, we are such a tight team. And there's been many times when we'll finish a space and then we'll see, you know, the wallpaper we use or the color or the sconces or whatever. And now it's like, gosh, those are everywhere, you know, or just a little thing, or this is, you know, catching on. I don't say that to, by any means to say that I'm amazingly cutting edge. I just think that it's sort of, it's like in the ether or something. And I think that's true of all good designers, whether you're a graphic designer or an interior designer, you know, like anybody in the creative space, I think, I think it's, it's sort of comes from an energy where we're all thinking the same stuff, you know, and it kind of just evolves that way. So I don't spend a ton of time, you know, reading every, all the top blogs or any of that kind of stuff. I, I just, I mean, I'm sort of just entrenched in it and I'm, I, I think I respond to, to different, I don't know, to different needs. I mean, a lot of interior design comes from function and what's going to work. And I, I do, I do get really geeked about that. Like, how do we make this beautiful and functional? But back to your, I'm, I'm rambling, but back to your point about (laughs) the, sorry, I'm all over the place. No, Um, you're not. It's perfect. Well, but I mean, about the different hats, I mean, you're right. You have to, you've got to be the person that can, can get that client to say, I got to work with you. Um, and you've got to be the kind of person that can, you know, get tight with, uh, the manager of a showroom to make sure that he's going to make sure that your fabric arrives on time. You know, like there's a lot of things like that, but I feel like that just all whittles down to the same route that it's, it's about passion and, I've honestly, I mean, I can honestly say, like, I think, and you, you can relate to this as your sales guy. I mean, it's like, you know, that if I can just get in front of that person, they're mine, you know? And that's, that's pretty, pretty much true. If I can talk to a client and, 
you know, explain to them that I want to take their personality and put it out, you know, whatever. It's like, it's, it's, it's going to happen. And again, I, it's not cause I'm a genius or something. It's just because I'm passionate about it and I'm honest and that always connects. You know, that always connects with people. Yeah. I, th- I think you're being a little humble too. There, there might be a little genius there. Well, thank you. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> along those lines, uh, this has been great and I really, I really appreciate it. Tracy Martin Taylor, uh, 1111 design in Dallas, Texas. What is your, what is your preferential social media? What is your, what is your favorite choice in social media? Is it Instagram? Probably, is it- probably Instagram. Why do you, why do you like that one? Um, well, it's sort of one-stop shopping cause okay. I can reach, you know, obviously I can post there and I can send it, you know, which through a lot of formats, but I can send it to Facebook. I can send it to Twitter. Um, but it's visual. Yeah. I mean, and what we do is all about, you know, it's all about visual. So, so I, that's probably my go-to. Yeah. And I love that you're, you're telling that to the guy who's producing the podcast. Right. And podcasts. <laughs> Also podcasts. Those are the two Instagram podcasts, totally even exactly. right there. Exactly. Yeah. So thank goodness we're editing. Yeah, exactly. All right. Tracy Martin Taylor, 11 to 11 design. Uh, find her on, uh, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and, and all the rest. Tracy, thank you. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Tracy Martin Taylor of 11 11 design. That was so much fun. And I truly appreciate the time. Please subscribe to the show so you can catch every episode of Lone Star House of Design and Convo by Design. Simply ask Alexa or Siri, say, hey, Siri, play Convo by Design. And you know what? She will. You can follow the show on the socials as well at Convo by Design with an X on Instagram and check out the YouTube channel for videos from some of your favorite episodes. Thank you for listening. And until next week, keep creating. 